So I guess we're gonna kick this off by saying you're nervous about the sound of your baby suckling milk, which is a good way to, to start this podcast on Deep Space Nine. Yes, uh, I'm currently holding my son and feeding him breast milk from a bottle uh, because that's my life. And um, my name is Colin, by the way. I didn't introduce myself. Um, yeah, and, and I'm Elijah Martinez. Yes, we um, are friends. We are. I, w- I don't want to say we're classmates because we didn't we never had a class together to my knowledge no. but no. we are college buddies fraternity brothers also uh guys who want to learn how to write for for tv and film yeah we are two we're two creators we're trying to learn how to write um and so we decided to explore pilots as a way to uh learn how to write and write for tv so for the rest of the season we're going to be just looking at uh, the first episodes of t- TV shows that we enjoy, TV shows that we don't enjoy, TV shows that people say that we should watch, TV shows that we say other people should watch, and really just try to break down what is a pilot, how do pilots work, and how we can learn from that. Yeah, and um, I am one of those 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 people who did go to film school, so to speak. I'm not, I shouldn't say so to speak, but. We learned a lot about story and um, one of the classes that really affected me the most and and actually uh, introduced me to one of my favorite uh, professors was the the uh, episodic class. And that in that class, we we broke down pilots of multiple genres and I got to explore that. It was like the most fun class for me because it was I got to watch TV for for homework, which was insane. And then being able to really analyze things, which is another thing that I really love to do. Uh, so as I was trying to write this uh, pilot episode for a, a, a series I'm trying to to to, to uh, produce or uh, create, rather, um, I was like, man, you know, I should I should be looking at these pilots or pilots uh, that are in, in that comparable space. And then mm-hmm. I was like, man, I could I could really talk about this for an hour. Hit my boy up, Elijah. It was like. I threw my baby in there. I was like, hey, would you like to start a podcast with me? I've got a son. He's really cute. And um, and he was like, no, no, like, really, really. You you brought your baby up into the Zoom camera and I was forced to stare into your baby's beautiful brown eyes and say and have to say yes at that point. Pretty much. I mean, that's kind of what I did it on purpose. I'm not going to lie. I had the idea. I thought he would be interested already, but I figured, you know, oh, yeah. why not put a cherry on top by Showing him my beautiful baby. I mean, he is precious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, and also, I also want to say that I, I am, I also have wrote, written a pilot. We both have, and um, we both received uh, feedback of various uh, degrees of, of savagery. And so, we both quickly realized that we need to study as much as we can. Um, and so, this is as much of an exercise for ourselves to, to be better writers, but also as a way to just ha- continue the conversation of like, what is a pilot and and how that and how we as creatives can uh can create those for ourselves yeah and, and it's about creating community too so anybody who, get, yeah. who gets to listen to this um and is also aspiring to be a writer or in the early phases wanting to start or is kind of like in that middle phase um you know maybe they can join in these exercises with us um and right. so that's what this was all about for for us i really wanted to we, I really wanted to start with one that I knew really well, but mm-hmm. Elijah brought up a franchise that I did know pretty well, but I hadn't seen the, the pilot in a long time. And that was uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which my nerd yeah. brain just kind of lit up 
And I was super excited. I was like, "Yeah, we got to do that." And um, your eyes got about it. Your eyes got about as big as your babies when I mentioned these. Yeah, I got really excited about that, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah." Two black guys. We're starting out with Star Trek. We're setting the tone. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. No. No. So, like, what is your um? I guess a good way to start is like, what is your your uh? your history with with star trek what is your history with d space nine did you you know i remember us talking about like you were a star trek family yeah like that was something that you that you and your family used to watch yes star trek was it was something that we watched growing up i remember um we went to go see the movies when they came Mm -hmm. out we went to oh and we watched weekly we watched uh the next generation early early Mm -hmm. on i was really young then uh but then we watched voyager voyager was the one that i remember the most i think i was probably about Mm -hmm. 9 10 11 when we were watching that consistently on a weekly basis and deep space nine was running at the same time but we were not a deep space nine family we were a voyager family right Um, right and and then there's something weird with star trek where like whatever series you watch you shun the other one whatever whichever one i don't know what that is but anyway that's that's where that came from and then um you know, I don't know how how much personal stuff you want to go into on, on the pod, but when I got deployed, you know, I wanted to settle into something that was familiar to me because I was a little nervous about going somewhere that I didn't know what was going to happen. So I wanted to familiarize myself with something that reminded me of family. And I started rewatching Voyager and then I jumped back into Deep Space Nine, but I did not remember the pilot at all <laughs> yeah and, and and as we're gonna get into the pilot in a second but it is a it is a very interesting pilot um and, and the way that it works it makes sense like why it's not on un, not unmemorable un-memor- but it makes sense why it, it's forgettable in the sense of like d space nine is such a epic kind of series and where it goes and then where the pilot starts is in such a kind of almost um not pedestrian, but almost like very local spot, you know, where D Space Nine ends up and then where it starts or is uh it's like it's almost like Frodo in the Shire. Like D Space Nine really does begin in the Shire and then where it ends up is is, you know, Mount Doom and Mordor. Um Yeah, and that's where I that's where my deficiency for this series kind of comes into play because I if I really think about it, I probably jumped in when um, I'm. I'm sure I jumped in with with the main character, Commander Cisco, was bald with the goatee. Okay. <laughs> that is the. I was talking. I was talking to my little because my little brother's a big D Space Nine guy, and he's like, he's like, wait, 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 wait. You're watching. Uh, you're watching. Uh, hat like Caesar cut, fade cut, Cisco. <laughs> compared to ball cisco because those are two different those one those are two different like like performances from the main actor but also two different characters oh yeah i mean <laughs> i i just remember thinking that uh cisco was a badass he looked like a badass he was settled into the mm-hmm. chair when i was watching mm-hmm. him and um again i wasn't a deep space nine family or fan at the time but i, I just remember I knew all the characters, what, you know, all their names. Right. It's kind of weird right. how you can recall that, but it was really great getting back into it. So I do, I want to ask you, I'm going to jump right into it. I want to ask you this. Is this a good pilot? Based on your knowledge of pilots, what you understand about right. them and what they do, and you can break all that down, but is this a good pilot? I say for network television at the time, I say this is a very good pilot. Um, I say that it, what it does is that it, it establishes 
you you know you establish your protagonist it, it establishes your protagonist's main uh objective and wants um and it also systematically raises the stakes over the course of two hours so for something that is you know just to say that this is a, a pilot that is a two-parter it's you know it's two one-hour blocks but they kind of um when it when it aired they kind of smashed it together and so that it's a two-hour thing when it premiered and over the course of the two hours you see the stakes ratchet more and more and more and more and more until you end up with you know this place being the most important place within that universe at the time so i think the way that they did it is masterful we can talk about like performances we can talk about right. <laughs> cringy lines we could talk about all that stuff but for the way that you structure tension i think you know what I mean? I think it's I think it's a great pilot. How about you? Yeah, you I mean, in terms of it being a good pilot, I will be honest. I'm going to say yes again for for the context that you gave. Right. You're saying for the time period, for the fact that it's a franchise, like you have to have prior knowledge of this franchise before you jump into it. You can't just not know that, you know, Captain Picard was taken by the Borg. Like you right. can't just be introduced to that and the gravity of that. You have to know what that is before. Right. So that that kind of messes it up for me in terms of it being a pilot that's accessible to people. But yeah, Star Trek never seemed to be a franchise that was overly concerned with <laughs> with with making new fans. And that's kind of the problem. <laughs> like they don't care about making new fans. They just like cater at least back in the day. Now they are. But back in the day, it was all about just, you know, catering to their their tried and true trekkie fan base which is great right. um so that in that regard i'll say it, it has problems but in terms of like just the writing and the structure um it it really does set it really functions like a film it sets commander cisco on a hero's journey in the traditional sense he gets a call to action he gets the refusal yeah. to to the call he kind of goes through the journey there's like the dark of the moon we're going through like the um you know the traditional kind of story beats that exist within that that hero's journey but yeah it, it it does well but but one another thing that a pilot needs to do is also introduce the characters mm -hmm. all the different players in there and make sure that you want to follow each one of them give them a little bit of 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 information about them right. and then kind of make you at the end of them want to continue to see their stories and the way that all these people are going to interact with each other and there's a great right. scene at the very end of this pilot that does that in like a super traditional tv way that i want to talk about later on um as we go through it um but i just from somebody who loves television and, and loves storytelling uh that's done in this way i really like the way they did it even though it's a super tropey tv kind of yeah. way yeah yeah it's very much it's very much in its in its time period which is the 90s but um you can definitely you definitely can i think you can definitely gain a lot of um knowledge from watching the way that they structured tv back back then um can we let's talk a little bit about like the call to action what do you think is cisco's call to action yeah so like i think the initial call to action for cisco again we're we're talking about deep space nine deep space nine is a uh, uh, a space station set in uh, the close to what is uh, the Bajoran uh, planet. Right, right. And we kind of didn't set that up, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can also like, I mean, like the thing about the thing 
the thing that D Space Nine has to do, like talking about a little bit about like what the pilot, like what what is actually in the pilot, is that D Space Nine is a little different from other from other Star Treks in the fact that like it's set in a fixed location, which is the Bajoran homeworld, and the way they kind of structured it is that it 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 seems like it's kind of a backwater station. You know, it's very much like within that kind of Western idea that this is like a town that has like maybe that one train station and that's D Space Nine, like way, way back. You know what I mean? The war is already over. The Kardashians have already left. So all the action that we have seen is all kind of happened in the past. And it really and the it really does feel like this is a this is kind of a dead end at the the initial uh, uh introduction of this of the state right yeah so so what's going on we got the kardashians not the kardashians 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 <laughs> <laughs> right so you got the kardashians right you got kim and chloe yeah, and... right they're all uh, on this <laughs> other yet. planet they're trying to take over black people and so what they're doing <laughs> is no um no so so the kardashians they are this like imperialistic race of people who have mm-hmm. 400 years taken over this co- this country, this planet, Bajor. Um, and they've kind of had the Bajoran, the people who have inhabited this, this planet for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years, they've had them under their thumb for a long time, for about 100 years, right? So we're coming in right after a, a war that's just occurred. The Bajorans have won. They've won their independence back. And they've asked the Federation to come in there and run the space station that the Cardassians used to run. The Cardassians used to run this to kind of like oversee a mining expedition that was happening on the planet. So now the the Federation's coming in. They are basically like the U.S. uh, (laughs) the U.S. colonial like uh, mediators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some there's some pretty deep like. Uh, there's some pretty deep allegories to this, right. you know what I mean? Which is which is funny too because you think about like our perceptive, our perception of of American intervention then, and our perception of American intervention now. Right. And I and I'm very curious, like how we would like how D Space Nine would read, thinking that this kind of U.S. coded nation is now being asked by the you know the indigenous people to like take over a section of their of their territory i think well there is some there's some parallels happening now that you said it it just popped into my mind but um there's some parallels to the time to the time period as well i mean kuwait at the time right um saddam hussein had taken over kuwait and they pretty much asked the u.s to assist with that uh transition after they 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 gained their independence um this is around in the early 90s and again my history I can't give you specific dates, but I, I mean, yeah, in times and, and years, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's close. So I'm sure it has some kind of parallels in, in, in that regard. Um, and I think that might've been why they, they wanted to, they, they, they saw some success because people were kind of seeing that at the time. But again, I think right. to your point though, it's so much different The the way that we, if they were to make deep space nine today and they were going to talk about occupation, you know, uh-huh. you know imperial occupation in a different right. way in a modern lens i wonder i would love to watch that show by the way now that i'm thinking about it right um, right i would love to oh, see maybe we should write this down right. yeah i'm like wait a second hold on now <laughs> <laughs> right 
yeah, yeah but yeah. so so that's where that, but that's what's happening in this in this show right now that's when we come in so cisco he right. comes in there he's a commander not a captain so this is a little different also he's not commanding he's not the captain of his own ship he's not exploring he's a commander placed in this high-ranking position to be able to oversee the the peaceful transition of power from the Cardassians to the Bajorans, and he doesn't want to be there. The interesting thing about this guy is, though, one for me, he's black, right? He's a black guy. He, black guy. he is he black though, and I want to, and I say, is he black in the sense of like culturally black? I'm not entirely sure. Sure, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing. There's only one time, and I'm gonna bring this up too. There's only one time I see that maybe Jake is. I mean, not Jake, his son. I, I already gave it away. That Cisco yeah. is black by proxy of his son, Jake. And, and I love uh -huh. this part, but I'm going to bring it up later. But is he culturally black? Then nothing says that he is, which is kind of what Star Trek does, too. They kind of, like, strip everybody's, like, cultural, like, your cultural understanding of what it means to be, like, ethnic, ethnically or racially black or, or right. white or anything like that and kind of strip it away and that's kind of beauty of star trek as well anyway so he's going through this process and he is um kind of learning that he has to take this over when in reality especially when he has to meet captain picard uh right. and they have this really tense interaction because captain yeah, picard best, pretty much killed his wife <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah the best scene of the of the of the of the pilot and i just and i and i think i ran over you but you just what did you just say? oh no i was just saying like he had this tense interaction with captain picard because captain picard had to basically like introduce him to well really he had to introduce the audience uh right. to this new character because we knew captain picard and we love him but they right. used the enterprise to like be the you know the passing of the torch to this new commander and he right. has to do this work that he doesn't want to do so he he even says it straight up to captain picard i want to be a civilian after this i'll do my job but that's about it so yeah so that that's his re kind of refusal to the call like i'll take this job but after this i'm done it's kind of like the same gangster trope that you got this is my last one i'm just gonna uh -huh. sell weed and you know i'm gonna sell this <laughs> last brick of cocaine and i'm done you know that's kind of like how they frame this we cannot hold on we cannot we're, we're gonna get canceled already we cannot equate the one the first black captain of a start of star trek commander of star trek uh, in a gangster he's gonna sell weed trope like <laughs> i mean listen okay we don't have to do that one it's the same it's the same uh, no i get you I get no you. no i know you're right you are 100 right it's it's kind of a bad <laughs> analogy but you know what honestly i love those so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna straight away no i i think it's a great <laughs> analogy and i also think that wire in the wire set in star trek world is also another good dude, one please don't Maybe get me dude stop <laughs> don't do this okay because you're gonna get me going this is the kind of things that take this off the rails and we don't need that i'm already gonna go off the rails Elijah. you already know this should we have should we have a disclaimer that anything that we generate on this as an idea if you take it we're gonna sue you no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> no nah take every idea if you can write it better yeah, please please, it. please yeah, write it. it i want to read it and you can send it to me when it's produced yeah, or yeah. about to be. No, I mean, no, that please don't do this, Elijah. This is going to be. <sighs> so wait, wait, we're, we're still on the call to action. Okay. What is, yes. Call to, what is Cisco's call to action? Okay. Sorry. You asked me this question 10 minutes, 10 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> no, his call to action first was to, to take this over. It, I think that call right. to action might've come even before we even enter the space, really, you know? Right. Um, He's already in it and, and kind of moving forward. But then he gets a couple other ones too. 
it, it basically, in, and to your point about like the raising of the stakes for Cisco, he gets the call to action to do this one thing, and then right. it. it over time, which is which is part of what makes this show run, is that he gets the 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 I don't want to say the tension. I want to say his call to action becomes more strong for him emotionally, right? He tries to reject this this religious notion that the Bajorans are they're very religious people. And and Kira, his kind of right-hand man, or woman rather is going to kind of tell him that he needs to talk to Kyle Paka, who is the 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 religious leader of their planet, or at least right. their sector of their planet, and then she's gonna give give Cisco an even deeper call and say that not only right. do you need to do this because the Federation tells you that you have a deeper, like, fateful mission to to take this on. Right, and I also think that, like you were saying, that he gets the call to action before we see the events of the of the of the pilot. But I actually think that all that is backstory we actually get the with his scene with the card we actually get the call to action which is you have to keep uh you have to keep bajorn from falling apart into civil war and all of the things that we then see with the steps of like him meeting kira him meeting kyopaka um even the introduction of the wormhole is all in an effort to make sure that cisco understands the fact that like you have to keep this planet uh, uh, politically sound and politically secure, and that actually, and I think, and that actually comes from Picard yes. more than anybody else. Yes, you know? yeah, he he kind of lets lets him know that this is a very important thing, and right. and one thing I one thing I really liked about it is that they they never really said Cisco never really says that he hates Picard, but it's all yeah. implied in their performance, yes. which yes. we can talk about performances later. But so yeah, he goes along this journey. Cisco, as everything is kind of falling apart around them, the Cardassians like ransacked this place before they left because that's kind of what you do um, mm -hmm. when you decide you're when you're a hater. Right. When you're the when Donald Trump the leaves the, the the office, he's gonna <laughs> ransack the White House before Joe Biden comes in. That's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> and so he they have to fix everything. Kira has to gain his respect, and he also. Mm -hmm. So this is the other thing he. While he says he wants to be a uh, civilian at the end of this, he's also trying to make sure that this is successful. He gets Quark yeah. to stay in. He tries to gain the respect of Kira. So he's really a company man, but he's willing to yeah. bend the rules a little bit. So, yeah. you know, that's what I thought was really interesting about some of the writing, too, because those are the those elements that kind of keep you in. So even if we even if, of course, we know he's not going to 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 quit. At the end of the pilot, right. we know he's going to keep going, but right. we are we're getting we're getting that he's like a man of duty. He's a duty bound individual, but he's also right. willing to break the rules. So that kind of is intriguing. We're interested in that. Right, right. He's good. He's good at his job. I know. I I remember reading somewhere that we want to see people who are good at their jobs, no matter what that job is. You know what I mean? Um, and he's very good at his job. If we if we saw a brother who was walking in is like I I got like. I'm gonna be here for like two weeks and then behaved as if he was a manager at GameStop. Like that'd be <laughs> that pilot's not gonna go for how many seasons does go? Like eight seasons, nine seasons? I wanna say six, six or yeah, seven. Six, six, six or seven, you know. So yeah, 
but we need we also need to like we need to we need to root for cisco and there's a lot of things that are stacked against cisco um that make that make him hard to root for with the exception of the fact that he's so good at his job i mean he is he is somebody who's grieving you can tell you can see it in his face you can see the fact that he's somebody who clearly doesn't want to be there he's a he's very rough around the edges he's an angry uh, a commander which is we don't see that we haven't seen that at, up until this time like picard was never angry i mean picard becomes angry but that's not what he leads with right you know janeway doesn't lead with anger but that's what cisco leads with so there's so much stacked against him and yet if if we see this man who despite all of it is so good at his job and does his job well and does his job with enthusiasm we can we tend to at least in my case i tended to sympathize with him and sympathize with his with his plight you know yeah yeah he, yeah. he kind of again this is not a recap uh podcast no, so i don't want to go through the er- we don't fuck that up already no 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 we're not doing that we're not doing that i think we are going more into to character which i think is good right. but i just wanted to make that i just want to say that because it's really to stop myself from really going through the story beats of what he does right, right, um right. or or really the story beats of the show um but in in, in some ways like you kind of have to do that but i just don't want to you know but you kind of do like when you're talking about pilots, you do have to talk about like what what the characters, what each character, where they're going, and then right. kind of like distill what what one of my great professors taught me about, which is something I could have Googled, but she also broke it down in a way that really, really made sense to me. But in television, it's about A stories, B stories, C stories, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was something that I wanted to, for this one, try to identify. I got pretty good at it. I think I'm pretty good at it for TV. Um, yeah. And then you kind of reverse engineer it when you when you begin to write. So you start thinking about, like, what is what is the A story that begins to emerge as I'm writing this pilot about whatever okay. it is that you're doing, whatever subject. Um, okay so that's a good segue so what do you where do you see the this is also something i've always, i had actually had trouble with while i was watching i could i knew what the a story is um but my understanding of beat story came from uh blake snyder's uh save the cat and i was looking for where like a traditional beat story which may be like the romantic or the like you know the the familial kind of like story and i and i couldn't necessarily find it in this because what they do really interestingly is that this idea of like he Cisco is surrounded by a lot of um of, <laughs> of a lot of very attractive women and yet Cisco's because I don't know necessarily if this was like a, an intention by the by the writers or not Cisco treats everybody or if this is just an intention of the world but Cisco treats everybody um not as it very professionally and so you don't see any spark of romance out of any of the relationships whether that whether they be man woman or gloop whatever whatever Odo is (laughs) right Right. no that is interesting so with in that case i think what what they do what they try to do is like they want to they want they did establish like they want to establish like he had a wife uh very strange interactions between the two but that, that's another story um but we'll talk about that in performance right right <laughs> um but no yeah so they, they they set up like what they kind of give you a love story but it's just again because of the performances it kind of falls a little flat we'll talk about that but as far as like the a story we kind of both identify the a story as cisco mm-hmm. we were kind of walking through that right what what cisco's journey is through the process that's that's pretty much the a story and the a story is usually always carried by your main character um 
and sometimes it does flip and flip flop but usually especially in the pilot it's got to be it's, it's got to be run and, and kind of like helmed by your main character to me this was a really hard one because it was a 90 minute episode you had to listen to listen to sorry you had to watch the entire thing and kind of mm -hmm. find out where it goes mm -hmm. but um what I found to be the B story, which was difficult, not, and, and again, you can, I want to hear what you have to say about it, but my, my sure. B story was Kira, uh, leading in, uh, in Cisco's absence, kind of leading okay. them through that, okay. that would be battle. It was kind of, was a little skirmish between the two of them, between yeah, Cardassians yeah. and Deep Space Nine. It was her taking over and leading the Federation through um, a skirmish with the Cardassians until that final okay. um, kind of ending point. So what, why do you say that? Why do you say it, it, Kira's the B story? And like, and who, and who is not like, we know, we're not getting to recap land, but who is, who is Kira, you know, as a character within. within yeah. So Kira is, Kira is Cisco's right hand woman. And um, she's referred to as sir, which I thought was really interesting in the show too, uh, whenever Federation officers referred to her. Uh, so she she's the right-hand woman on the ship. She's referred to also as major. She was a battle-hardened Bajoran who helped presumably lead Bajoran troops through that guerrilla war with the Cardassians right. to help them win. And she was placed on Deep Space Nine to kind of assist the federation she doesn't want them to be there too so she has like kind of a a call to action as well she's asked to help the federation cause this transition while the provisional government comes on in and she doesn't right. believe it's going to work either she thinks civil war is inevitable and that this right. is not going to work so that's kind of why i i kind of i i identified her story at hey boy hey. <laughs> is the baby talking yeah, the baby is talking <laughs> what's up man uh this is why um, this is why I, I chose her or identified her story as the B story because she right. kind of gets that call to action along with Cisco. She she has the same feelings. They they both believe it that, that right. things aren't going to work out the way they plan. Uh, right. But by the end, she gets a full arc of like coming around to the not really coming around to the understanding that she needs to leave. It was right. it was she was thrust into it because while their leader was stuck in that wormhole. You know the Cardassians are wondering where Galtukat went, right? Right. What kind of shenanigans that they they played to to kind of mess up their sensors and stuff like that, and right. so she kind of had to make decisions using the Federation. Like she was even asking, she was she was asking O'Brien um, O'Brien for like clarification on how to how to how to use certain things like oh yeah we got to lower the weight of the the space station in order to move it so we can only use those six thrusters and she was like <laughs> that, old, that old star trek adage so how, how are you going to do this well if we lower the gravitational force <laughs> right. and it will be able to move like a slingshot exactly <laughs> exactly yeah they do that so much and i and i love it I love it. But yeah, yeah. so I, I, that's why I identified her as the B story because it seemed like she was the one who she actually had a full arc. And there was a couple, there was, I identified what I believe to be a runner in there too, right. like a C story. I thought there was only two like big stacked B, A and B stories and a very tiny C story. And to okay. me, 
that one was, and you can, I, I want to hear what you have to say about my B story, sure, Travis and sure. C, but my C story was Bashir. Okay. Bashir, uh -huh. because Bashir, he really? actually, Bashir. yes. Bashir only has two, Bashir has two and a half scenes. Yes. And you can, and you can have, to me, you, usually, usually something like that, a runner would be considered like a D story. But I think because uh -huh. the A and B are so robust, I would throw a C story in there for him, like a tiny little runner. Because what uh -huh. happens with him to me is he tells everybody what he wants to do and right. how, how excited he is to do it. And right. then at the by the end, he kind of gets a tiny uh, arc in which he gets to actually enact the thing that he he claimed that he wanted to do from the beginning. Like Right, right. Well, I would but I would argue too that out of what makes this such a great pilot is that almost everybody that we see that is introduced in some kind of way, we all have major arcs within this. Like um, Quark does, you know, O'Brien does. Talk, talk a little bit does. about Quark's arc. Oh, I like Quark. Uh, we, we haven't got to this section, but I think Quark has the coldest line in the show when he's like, Bajoran provisional government is far too provisional for my taste. And when governments fall, people like me are lined up and shot. There is that risk people like me get lined up and shot that's instantly like we know as soon as he says that line we're like oh we're in a different this is a different star trek like, this is like i mean they they killing motherfuckers like in this, in this that's one. so good that's a yeah, great was, so we got this other i know i know we're, <laughs> we're in the beast section but the, uh, the <laughs> section but no we had this uh seg this uh segment idea called the coldest line so we're trying to find in each episode who has the coldest line and i i really really like that one and now that you say it like it's funny how it's like you i've heard it but now that you say it i really love it because i think it really does show that one this government shit that they're going through is for real yeah. like this is serious yeah um it's yeah, life and death and cork is like somebody who's really just trying to get by and he's not trying to get in the way well cork is interesting too because he's like um it it he 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 rolls in and his arc i mean like it, it, it's clear everyone like you said we're i guess we're if we could if we're going to title this episode we'll title it call to action because everyone very clearly has a very clear call to action and his is and it all is in an effort to keep the station uh together and his is like trying to be a community leader and then you also see a very clear refusal to call in which he you know he laughs and he has a weird line where he says community leader and laughs like a maniac like but at the end of the by the end of the episode he not only becomes uh he not only becomes a leader within the within the space but he also becomes one a co-conspirator of the of the station I was just gonna yeah. okay i was gonna ask you about that right because yeah. this was the one thing i was a little unclear about and when you say co-conspirator these are this is the question that i had right so you know when he says gather up all their winnings for the Cardassians, right? Uh -huh. And he and the guy grabs a bag and hands it to him, right? Does yeah. Quark know that that's Odo? Absolutely. Okay, so Absolutely. so Quark is in the game, like. Absolutely, yes. He's he clearly is, and you can tell from the performance. You can see that he's 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 being slightly tongue in cheek with it. He's being slightly wink winky. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's very it's very subtle because everything that that actor does it tends to be a little bit like winky and 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 uh you know like knowing what kind of tv show that he's in 
but you can tell that that quark himself is is in on it you know which i think is hilarious that if odo is a sentient being and he becomes a bag and they shove gold into his belly that's gotta be a weird there's like i got questions about odo i have like does he taste does he like can he can he like does he is he well aware that he's had gold shoved in his body like what <laughs> right like, so, what I mean, is... like you would think right you would think that quark would do if i was quark i would barely ever be a humanoid i'd be no, you mean odo 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 sorry yeah if i was yeah. odo i would barely assume the form of a <laughs> of, of a yeah, human like and he, can, be... and he can and he can barely make a human like his face is all melted and yeah, like like that's hilarious right <laughs> so like think about it if Cor oh, god damn it sorry if odo tried to be like a dog what would the dog look like because he can barely mimic <laughs> don't want to know i don't want i'm sure he did like i'm sure there's an episode it probably is can... so yeah but this is not a deep space nine. no and um... i'm gonna go in you you you're stopping <laughs> I, I appreciate you for that no um no so so yeah court court that was the confusing one to me i did not catch those cues at all i was like the way he gather up their winnings and then then his buddy gives the bag to him, right? So I was like, is yeah. his buddy in on it too? Like, how did it anyway? So that was my one of my questions about that. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I do I do like that that does help his arc as well. You know, that yeah. helps him to me once you now that you've explained that it was very clear that he was a co-conspirator. <laughs> it makes his arc actually make sense to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, and I and I think like we—that's a good. We can segue into performances just a little bit. Yes. And, um, talk about that because it it. What's interesting about this um thing is that because it's set in the '90s, there's a very not that it's set in the '90s because it was shot in the '90s. There's a style of TV performance that um is very different than the way that we perform TV now. You know, it's like there is a very clear um understanding of tone from some of the actors and some of the performers there's a very clear understanding of like what kind of tv show that they're in you know what i mean there's also a very clear understanding of like when people sat down and watched this tv show it wasn't necessarily in the background i mean it hit reruns but we were watching this in real time we would have sat down with our dinner with our family at a couch and watched this tv show where now we're designing TV shows to be played in the background. We're designing TV shows to be played while you scroll through Instagram or play or wash dishes. You know what I mean? So there's a different kind of expectation from the audience when it comes to performance. So can, can you, you know? talk talk to me a little bit uh, when you talk about the difference between the way, again, let's talk about this also. Mm -hmm. Mr. Elijah Martinez is also an actor. He's a very well-trained yeah. actor. He is an up-and-coming actor. I'm going to, you don't have to say it. I'll say it for you. He's, deeply in debt actor. He might be deeply in debt, but he is doing <laughs> incredibly well. Uh, he's on his way, and he can speak very intelligently about this. So uh, when it comes to performance, all I'm going to do is talk to you about what I see is funny most of the time. I'm just going to say <laughs> what is funny to me, all right? So I'm going to let Elijah kind of, like, help distill that for for them. But I have a question. So when you talk about the way that yeah. that um, television was done in the 90s, and again, you're, you're, you're coming at it from the perspective of somebody who has performed in this modern contemporary right. era and, and has been studying uh, this for a long time. So, like, what, what is the difference? What are the things that you saw, especially related to this particular pilot? Well, I think, I mean... The first thing that I noticed about this is how it how it's shot. I mean, the vast majority of it is is shot in a very kind of like uh, 
um, almost theatrical kind of way. I mean, it's a lot of medium shots, and yet it's a lot of people standing talk, in rooms. Talk about medium shots. What does that mean? Yeah, so a medium, for those who who don't know, a medium shot is a shot. It, it typically tends to be um, uh, chest up, so it's like right underneath where you know, your sternum is up to like a few inches above your head is is basically what your medium is. And um, in TV in particular, the way that a lot of TV goes, especially when you're filming TV, it will go wide, which is pretty much like your body to like your waist. And then you'll pull in for your mediums and then you'll pull in for your closes if you need your closes. And you'll actually use mediums um, more so than anything else, especially when it comes to like scenes and scenes in which it's just people talking in a room. Um, and you can tell the next time you watch a TV show, watch it, you'll nine times out of 10, it'll be wide, which will establish where you are. And then medium, medium coverage, medium coverage, medium coverage, medium coverage, medium coverage. And then sometimes they'll get funky with it. If it's like a, you know, if it's a surrealist thing, they might do a, you know, they might put the camera on the floor and shoot up your nose or they might, you know, but for the most part, the, it, it falls within the similar kind of, kind of path. Um, and then for this, like, not only did we see a lot of mediums, we also saw a lot of two shots. So especially when the Picard and Cisco beat, it's like you actually have Picard and Cisco within the frame. Um, and that that gives itself a more kind of like theatrical, more kind of like this is more of a staged play kind of feeling rather than this being, you know, uh, prestige TV or, you know, art house movie or that kind of stuff. Um, I think nowadays TV is more trying to emulate cinema than it is trying to emulate television. So the, um, the performances probably have to kind of like go along with more of the cinematic way of performing yeah. than absolutely, the traditional absolutely. TV way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think we were trying more so nowadays. Um even and even if you get even when you get into the procedurals, um, which is essentially what Star Trek is, um, nowadays even our procedurals are more inclined to being a cinema than uh, it is to be TV. Yeah. But we're going to take a quick break because it looks like we have a, a baby emergency, and we will be right back with episode one of episode one show. Yes. <laughs> Not yeah. And we're back. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, so we were talking about performances. Um, and so we can't, we can't not address a bit of the elephant in the room when it comes to performances. Yes. And that, yes. I'm going to jump in there and interrupt you because I don't want you to go into your, your Yale. I went to Yale version of performance <laughs> right now. And I always want to talk about. <laughs> It's not, let me let me stop because I know you can do both, but maybe I just, that's a new segment, Yale Corner. <laughs> right. Like I don't I don't wanna I don't want you to go too deep yet. Because sure, I just sure. wanna say that Cisco's perform when I watched it, Cisco was like killing me throughout this performance. And I don't know if it's because <laughs> I'm a black man and I wanted him to be different. I don't uh -huh. know if it's I, actually, I do know it's because he's a black man. I want him to be different, but it, he was just doing such weird things, man. Such it weird was very his, his yeah. eyes, his eye rolls, the way that he he summoned his son, the way that he looked yeah. at his wife. Like yeah. I, I would say, like they're like when they got into an intimate section, it looked real. That looked real, but it was like right. the, all the time before he got to her was right. awkward as hell. Well, let's talk about let's talk about what 
he does right um the what he does do right is, is like i do think he has the gravitas that cisco needs oh yeah um i think that when he's having the conversation with with the exception of a few lines that i think were a little difficult when he was having a conversation with the uh corporeal beings i think like that it felt very much like okay this dude is in his pocket you know what i mean when he's like dealing with like the political like the scene with him and picard i think is still i think one of the best scenes within that pilot i was gonna ask you about that too because i love picard scene so much he really like he took that shit so seriously he was like i'm i'm gonna pass this on to you and i want everybody to know that this is gonna be a great show well, he knows he knows what show he's in, like which I think I said is like, and there are a couple people. There's a couple OG Star Trek folks actors in that. So it's Picard, the guy who played Gal Gal Dukat, um, O'Brien. You know what I mean? I think there might be one other person in there who's been in Star was in Star Trek Generations, and so like you can see the difference between the actors who have done this before and the actors who haven't. Yeah. Um, and it's a very subtle thing that they just it's not that they apologized for what they they didn't apologize for what they were doing which some actors were and they didn't um they weren't trying to put something on which i think cisco does he tries to you know he's trying to be something that he's not they just simply believe whatever given circumstances they are and read the text with conviction you know what I mean? So, okay, I'll say of the like lower characters, right? We talked about Cisco and like he does some mm-hmm. weird things. I don't know if you want to keep going into that right now, but um, of some of like the secondary characters, for me, I I was struggling with Dax personally and some uh-huh. of the things she was doing. Yeah. But yeah. what I, I really liked Kira mostly. Um, yeah. I, I really liked what her being the, the second in command in, in, right. in the show and in the episode i really liked right. how she was portrayed and how she portrayed that character and i really was right. like i like this one i like this character a lot right right, right, uh, right and that's right. how i look at it for me and performance is really about really believability on my from, from my perspective and then like mm-hmm. do i want to hang out with this character quark uh, or yeah. i was like i like quark i like quark and i yeah. really can i say this real quick just one thing okay. and this is again when we're talking about cisco and whether he's black or not okay yes he's clearly black i'm not saying he's not but one thing he did after the battle is over he comes out of the wormhole right he's looking around people are hurt nobody's dead he does this weird uh-huh. thing with his hands like he's like yes okay we're not on camera but he does this weird thing with his hands like he's so happy nobody died he like presses his hands together yeah. like and what does he do he kind of shakes, he shakes them, him like, like he when he finds out from bashir that nobody's died he's like thank god I don't know what that hand thing was. He doesn't seem like a guy who, who believes in God. But anyway, right after that, his son sees him and uh, and he goes, he goes, Jake, right, really loud and smiles really big. And then his and then his son, he's like, and then he runs over and his and his son, it's almost like his son gives him a dap, like, <laughs> so, and I was like, Jake made him black. Just for a split second, Jake made him Jake black. Made him black. Well, I mean, and not to not to get too personal, but like, I think it 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 was so refreshing to see a black. I remember watching this as a kid, and I'm like, it's so refreshing to see a black dad um, who wasn't like, you know what I mean? He wasn't beating Jake. This is the '90s, like, like he wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like, like we're 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 not 
we still had like we still had a lot of sitcoms so we still had the cosby show and we still had family matters and we still had uh um uh fresh prince so we still had some very positive representation of black dads mm-hmm. but in within like an hour-long drama like how many positive representations of black dads did we see like i personally didn't see very many and so especially not in genre and so like one we weren't there in genre and if we were there in genre we were like an orc or like <laughs> dead <laughs> you know oh, so like to see a positive representation of, of black fatherhood was was immense but you are right in the sense there is nothing in that script that constitutes the fact that like cisco is a black man now some of that is star trek as a motif because they are quote unquote, you know and this might be problematic but they are supposed to be post-racial in a sense it's however a like utopian society type situation yeah like a utopian society however like it is very striking to see a black man uh on that screen neither speak nor behave like a black the way that we code a black person you know yeah but but just that i like how you said the way he doesn't speak or behave like a black he doesn't speak or behave like anybody i've ever seen there's that as well yes yes and i'm not saying like i'm not saying that he's like that there's a right way to to talk i know like as a black person i'm just i'm just trying to point out the fact that cisco is just like a one-of-one human being yeah he is he is but i think it's interesting too because like and not to and not to get deep into the race thing but it is i'm curious about that i'm curious about like when you're writing characters and you're writing characters that are of a certain race you're writing characters of a certain gender like especially in this society and especially in in um you know american history race and gender is such a part of identity you know what i mean at least in my experience and yet and so and when we look at actors who are then placed in, into those characters we cannot we cannot not see the race we cannot not see Cisco as a black man and we cannot not carry all of that baggage and all of that history and all of that um and all of that understanding on to and and not place that upon that character and so and to see it so wholly not ignored but so wholly just not addressed is kind of is a little jarring i think yeah it's it, it's jarring especially for the time period um i would have been probably i didn't watch this pilot when it came out but if i had i would have been six years old um and <laughs> i wouldn't have and, and 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 i say that to say like my conception of race related to like shows and who is in it was not really well understood so i saw myself in white characters we're, we're definitely going to talk about this a lot as we go through this uh, podcast journey, but, um, and we talk about characters um, and especially iconic ones. But I think if he was coded a little bit more black, it would have mm-hmm. been more effective for right. what it seems like, what they're trying to do for representation. Because representation is, yes, black face on screen, but it's also a cultural understanding and a cultural, you know, right. uh, acknowledgement, so to speak. Right, 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 right. You can't, you have to. And it, and I do think it is the product of the '90s because, like, you know, back in the '90s, we're still we were still doing things like colorblind. Like, this is a colorblind idea, right? And and nowadays we we don't. That's not a term that we use, and that's not an idea that we use. We don't want to like, we don't want to um, not acknowledge a person's uh, perspective and not acknowledge a person's representation within when we are, you know, creating these characters for for. Um, 
to be seen visually um at least that's not at least in my limited knowledge that's my understanding of how we address it you know um yeah yeah so i mean and, and with that said i'll say this i'll ask you this um when it comes to and i don't know if we're, we're off performance quite yet but um mm -hmm. when it comes to creating characters for your own writing how does how does this pilot help inform some of the things that you might do character wise oh yeah i think like well one i think the big thing that I, that i'm taking away from this is the fact that like because i did well, i was trying to write an ensemble piece and the fact that, like everybody at the end of your pilot should have some sort of arc there should be some sort of change from the beginning to the end um and everybody within your ensemble should have some sort of like it should mirror your protagonist in a lot of ways a call to action a refusal of the call or some sort of um conflict some sort of obstacle in which they get over or they you know or or they succumb to it and then they at the end of that become a different person um so that's what i would take away from that um and also like the idea of like surprise you know what i mean like there was the surprise of like cisco shows up and he's about to meet kira for the first time and you know we have the very cringy line about Bajoran women and then we meet Kira and so like the build and then surprise of who Kira is we get this like idea like Kira is going to be this one thing and then we meet Kira and she's 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 in a lot of ways something else you know what I mean there's there's those kind of turns and those kind of surprises that happen like Dak the reveal of Dax like Dax shows up and she's one thing and then we find out a reveal about Dax that makes her something else that you know that was so fantastic by the way like the way they yeah. introduced Dax to me was like he said they didn't give any backstory it was all subtext and it was so great he was like yeah. uh Cisco as he sees his old friend mind you this is a woman in her late 20s and he refers to her he said said uh oh but because Bashir was hitting on Dax and he's like uh -huh. I was like isn't she isn't he a little bit young for you and he's like I'm 28 he's 27 or something like that and then she's like mm -hmm. and then he's like yeah maybe 227 because he knows <laughs> this person for, yeah. for a long yeah. time and they kind of introduced yeah. a new species into this world um I believe it's the introduction uh, yeah of the yeah. trail but yeah. um not we're not going too deep, but I, I just thought for from from a writing perspective, right? We're talking about how to introduce a character who has like a surprising backstory or interesting and kind of right. inevitable uh, uh, journey. So I think that was really interesting the way they they introduced um, her, and then he calls her old man, which was right really great, right. you know, because it's like what the hell is he talking about? And then you find out later on with her flashback. Um, right. So again, it's all about intrigue and. Like you were saying, you you want to surprise people because the surprise is the thing that makes you want to stick with this character later on because you right. want to understand what is what is Dak's real story. What was that that thing? That, what is that 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 trill? What's that slug? Um, right. So right. Anyway, right. yeah, that's what it did for me. I think that was one of my favorite when it comes to the way that I look at Deep Space Nine as a like a study tool to see how to do that. That was one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm, how they were mm -hmm. able to particularly introduce Dax, but also introduce a lot uh, and, and make make intriguing those lower level characters, those ones right. on the bottom of the call sheet, make those people really interesting and people that you want to hang out with without making them um, too cringy. Because, you know, when, when somebody's right. trying to hit on, like, you know, when you're trying to set up a, a romance, it's always like, it seems like you can always teeter into that cringy, awkward right. kind of thing so the performance and the writing kind of helped that i think a lot 
Right, right, right. And yeah, so speaking of writing, like where, so where else do you, like what, what for you also kind of rang true or rang, or rang um, out within this pilot in terms of like writing? Like uh, what was your coldest line? The coldest oh, line for me had to do with like, it was an existential type of line where Cisco was inside of what we found to be the wormhole that was created by those non-corporeal beings and pretty essentially the gods what's up man again <laughs> the gods of the bajorans essentially uh, or mm -hmm. who they consider to be their their kind of mm -hmm. spiritual deity and um and he was talking he was trying to explain what it means to be human essentially and he said searching not just for answers to our questions but for new questions we are explorers we explore our lives day by day and we explore the galaxy trying to expand the boundaries of our we and he, he talks about star trek right essentially he's like we're explorers and he said right. we explore our lives day by day i thought that that was the coldest line in there uh because it, it struck to me what star trek was all about what it used to be all about and what it can be right. about for this particular show because usually we're about exploring new lives and new civilizations to boldly go where right. no one has gone before now we're exploring right. kind of the human condition we were always doing right. that but we're we're kind of deep seeding this show and uh, rooting it rather into that idea which i thought was really cool right 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 that's very deep right that's very very deep because it is it's true it's it's all of a sudden we're stuck in one place so we can no longer um we can no longer travel. So the only way we can travel is travel within ourselves yeah, and travel within our relationships. Yeah. And, th and that, um, and that brings me, so then there was a, finally the last part, which I did like, it was a very nineties thing, but uh, in terms of writing, it was like after, after like you're kind of denouement, I want to say at the very mm -hmm. end where, where we're kind of folding, we're about to close the book on the, on the episode and everybody kind of walks around the, the promenade, and they're kind of like having little short conversations that were like just the end of the conversations they had previously had between right. these two right. characters. Like Cork hits on Kira again, right, right, which is weird. And then, then they have these other little <laughs> conversations that they kind of fold into the final kind of captain's law to to end the episode. Which I I really like the way they did that. I don't know where, when, and where that can be done in a contemporary way, but I. I'd be uh -huh. interested to see how that can be done um but yeah in yeah, terms I, of in writing I, I thought it was interestingly plotted out they did some things that the only star trek can do but i love uh -huh. the way they use technology to kind of push plot forward and make things work that would yeah. wouldn't work anywhere else yeah and, and also i think we have to also remember that the that what they're trying to set up is they're trying to set up you know procedural they're trying to set up the law and order they're trying to set up saying elsewhere they're trying to set up er they're trying to set up so what we're what the expectation of the of this of the series and the promise of the series oh. is not necessarily you know a a seven you know, seven season movie like a you know a, a a big long overarching story even though we do get that with d space nine they're trying to give us the seeds of all these different stories that will then be an episode and that'll be an episode with you know the trail that'll be an episode with you know quark that'll be an episode with kira that'll be an episode more with cisco and that'll be an episode here and that'll be an episode there you know what i mean um yeah, so they give us a kind of a spider web of different kind of stories rather than one major overarching story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. 
that was done so uh, well in this in this show, um, setting up so many potential stories. Like that's right. that's the great thing about about this one is like you can see the potential of every single interaction with the characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in in one of the classes I took, it was it was about like the the character web. Right. Character web. Mm-hmm. There's one character in the center. Each one has to touch them in some kind of way. But each right. of those different other characters have to touch like two others. Uh, right. And those little, I guess you want to say those connectors are meant to represent multiple stories that these characters could have because of their right. like uh, proximity to each other, you know, their relationship right, right. to each other, et cetera, within the world that you you create. So and then that's the the world that you, to me, like when we talk about engine, uh, the story engine, which every pilot needs to set up is to me, and I know you disagree with this, but to me, it's kind of like just the not not necess- it wasn't necessarily the character want, which is in, which it is in a lot of shows, and uh-huh. but to me, it was kind of like the world itself, the why, the reason, the the way that the Bajor, Deep Space Nine, and the wormhole, like that proximity, and mm-hmm. the fact that now we can have multiple different types of we can have multiple ships from the from the federation right. come in we can have multiple right. uh you know race of of aliens and stuff like that come and interact with each other like we know right, that that's right, constantly right. happening and i don't know if that's necessary now that i'm thinking about it like it, it has to be character driven but i'd like to hear what you what you think about the engine of the show well i i agree i agree with you um I do agree with you that the sense of uh, that the as soon as they introduce the wormhole, then all of a sudden it does become about like, okay, what is going to come through that wormhole and how is it going to either destabilize or stabilize Bajor? Um, Yeah, I do. I do agree with you in that sense. I, I wish that I wish that there was a show in which it was just literally we're just dealing with this backwater planet and suddenly like that. And we're because I, I like things when things are localized like my favorite thing not to equate star wars and star trek but some of my favorite things about the mandalorian is like when it's small and when it's tiny and when it's about or like the reason why i like andor so much is because it feels small and because it feels tiny within this big giant galaxy and as soon as they move d space nine towards that wormhole it suddenly bejor becomes the most important place in the galaxy um and it kind of and and I understand why they had to do that, you know what I mean? Because they're like, all right, you need a reason to watch this show, you know. But I personally, I'm 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 always a little bit more relationships for me is, is always more of an interesting thing for me to watch. Um, I I'm I'm so much more interested in like Cisco's relationship to Kira than I am about like the. <laughs> Bajoran Kardashian strife and whether or not Bajor will be able to, you know, in the civil war and like the religious things and the corporeal beings, like all that kind of stuff is not as interesting to me. You know what I mean? Right. But it was when I was like six. Right. Those are, (laughs) those are like top level, top layer elements. And again, the top level and layer elements in Star Trek, especially this one, are pretty deep like they run pretty deep you know but but when you start to get a little deeper into the character i believe yes you're right like this is the the relationships that these people have is gonna be the thing that fuels it and the world can change like a wormhole could could disappear and what are we going to do after that you know of course it's it's used as a device to keep things going but it's the relationships between the characters that kind of uh keep this thing moving forward right 
Right. Well, it also it's, it's also a device that keeps Star Trek Star Trek. Right. You know, there's still that element of mystery, which is the which is the wormhole. Like, what what are what are we going to see? How what how do we like what is on this other side of that wormhole? And we do we start to as the season goes on, we start to see and experience more and more and more strange things. Yeah. That ends up making Deep Space Nine a little bit more like Generation, but still. Um, what's more, what's for me, what I love about D Space Nine, especially with this pilot, is the relationships that got set up. Um, and so I'll say yeah. this: so like, there's one thing that that if if somebody, if you're writing a pilot, they're gonna ask you like, what's the promise of this? Like that that seems to be when when you read a log line, mm-hmm. the log line has to promise you something. Like if I decide right. to read this script, if I decide to watch this show, what is it really telling me? That I'm gonna right. get. So what what do you think after you watch this pilot, what do you find to be the promise? Oh, I think the promise is we're gonna get uh we'll get a little bit of court intrigue. Um, I think that the promises is that we'll get a little bit of uh kind of of a military show. Uh I think the promise is also we'll get a little bit of um of a, a occupation like an occupational drama. Um, and then I think the last promise is well, too, and we'll we'll have a little bit of of a fantasy hero's journey kind of thing. Uh, and then the last thing is, is like we'll get a little bit of that exploratory Star Trek. Uh, what kind of weird aliens will we experience? What kind of you know uh, weird? What kind of different things will kind of come up? What kind of strange planets will be discovered? And that kind of thing. I think we get all five of those. How about you? Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree with that. I mean, it seems like. I mean, the thing the thing about this being the first episode of our <laughs> the first sorry, it's my son again acting. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, anyway, the the thing that I think uh, that makes this this being our first episode of the episode one pilot. I'm Colin, get the freaking title right. The episode of one podcast um, <laughs> is that, episode one pilot 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 episode pilot, pilot, pilot whatever man episode one episode show. one podcast i'm sorry i <laughs> i don't even know what show we're on uh so i think that the thing about it this being the one that we start out with is is difficult because again it's a franchise it's a genre it's yeah. in genre there's so many things yeah. you have to like know it's not very accessible like i can't yes, ask my wife true. to watch deep space nine she's not going to be into it She's not no. gonna want to watch this because she's not a she's not a Trek fan like that. Yeah. Um, so it's not something that you you show everybody and say this is for you. Um, yeah, but it's it a, does. Yeah, 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 and it and it promises exactly what you would hope from something that's inaccessible and part mm-hmm. of a franchise and kind of like a storied franchise. Right, 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 right. All those things, the aliens. Yeah, he's he's playing with the microphone. He wants. To yeah, he it. wants that mic. He is like his baby right now is looking at that mic the way Cisco looked at the corporeal beings. <laughs> or how the corporeal being looked at him. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like what the fuck is this? <laughs> For real, they were asking each other like, how many? Destroy it. That's why I was curious. You know, the one thing I was wondering, I was like, how many corporeal beings are in there? They're like all talking to each other. Like, hey man, what's that? I don't know what is that. <laughs> hey man, should we kill it? Nah, don't kill it. Not yet. Let's, let's hear him out real quick. Like I love you. Yeah, I love. I love. Like we should. We should just have a section called the hater section. I love like how like there's one corporal being like fucking kill it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like being in a Zoom call and everyone's like talking and then one dude's like nah nah just kill it yeah just and just burn it with fire. The the other part was like 
they're talking about this they're talking about him like he ain't there like yeah at, one's asking him questions and the other ones are just like no kill him <laughs> i don't know should we kill him destroy him he, he means us harm he's like i can't even hurt you i don't even know who you are <laughs> yeah what One's like, one's like, so what is a wife? Kill it. <laughs> right. right. One's very curious. The other one's just like, just, just, just destroy it. Nah. Um, yeah. That's uh, what my son's doing. He's just trying to, he really is yeah. like, yeah. it's kind of that right so, now. Uh, I think it's a good way. I think, I think we can, we can uh, wind this down sure. just a little bit. And uh, so we got a section called the Juneteenth award yes. in which we, we give to uh, something that has, uh, either push the culture forward or somebody who's invited to the cookout or just a, a, a piece of blackness that we think should be uh, rewarded and celebrated yes. uh, on this. And so who do we give the Juneteenth war to? I, to I, Deep Space I think it's pretty obvious that we have to give it to Commander Cisco, but, in re but because of my previous statement about the only black man on the space station being Jake, <laughs> I would like to give an honorable mention to Jake. <laughs> Let's give it to Jake. Let's give it to Jake. Jake is the only one who forgot he was black. <laughs> and, and just kind of broke character just for a split second and about gave his dad a dap when he realized he was still alive after the wormhole. So I want to give it to Jake personally. Uh well, I'll give it yeah, let's give let's give it to Jake. I think we should give it to Jake. Because like let's let's be real. That weird thing that cisco does where he like touches his son's neck i swear to god if my dad had touched me in the neck like that we would have been fighting like right there's so many things he did that were just so outside of the culture it, like yes he was rep he is representing us and he did a fine ish job but to me again jake did jake acted like a black kid like who's annoyed by his father loves his dad yeah. annoyed by him and then when he sees him finding out he's not dead he behaved just like a black child would, even yeah. in space, and I appreciate that. So <laughs> I would want to give it. Yeah. And also, Cisco Cisco loses points with that beach scene, oh in which God. he is in which he is walking. And I know this is a directorial thing, but he is walking super close to this woman that he has apparently just met, and shouting into her ear. Yes. she is desperately trying to get away from him the only thing i'll give him <laughs> is that he has met her before and but he has he but has, she hasn't but she hasn't so he's he's like forgetting himself you know what i'm saying yes, he's behaving yes. as if they've already had a child when yes. <laughs> in this area they have not they have not yes. for years but anyway yeah weird very strange now okay i you know Oh, I do want to do something, and I'm not sure this is appropriate for the time frame. So if it's not, we can cut it. But I do want to hear your log line for this. Uh, it probably should have happened at the top, maybe. What you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my log line is, and and this is a great exercise because, like, I am notoriously bad at writing log lines. So forcing myself to do it is is really is really going to be helpful. Yeah, everybody who wants to write should know how to write a log line. That's the thing that boils down your episode your show into one sentence right and I'll, mm -hmm. one or two sentences that can be sent via email via you know at the very top of your pitch deck or whatever it is going to be that kind of gets somebody interested and in even like looking beyond this so this right. is the this is your elevator pitch for your show right and mine was a whittled space captain receives a new assignment as the leader of a volatile space station 
colon deep space nine yes that i yeah. that's a very good one it is very short it does it, it explains it does set cisco up as a widow so it kind of shows some of his emotional baggage he's coming into the show right. with um, well, because I think the pilot led with that. Yeah, you know, and I, and I don't think the rest of I don't think the rest of the show gets, you know, I think that I think that especially when he shaves his head and grows a goatee, you know, he that that is definitely like he got back on Tinder and he's right. <laughs> right. That's when he <laughs> like, decided to settle in. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's going. Yeah, he's going to like the you know the the forty and up club, <laughs> the club and, in the deep space, Quarks <laughs> Club. Quartz Club, yeah, right. but um, but I do think that the pilot—that is definitely like a major crux of the pilot—is the fact that he is widowed and he's dealing with grief uh, throughout all of it. Yeah, what's yours? Yeah, so mine, mine was kind of more overarching, less character specific. Uh, so I said a Federation commander must help usher a peaceful transition of power as the Bajorans take over Deep Space Nine, a critical space station formerly occupied by their rivals, the Cardassians. Now, you should probably stop there, but I kept going. Things get complicated <laughs> as his team discovers a stable wormhole nearby that makes Deep Space Nine the most important outpost in, in the sector. So, yeah. Well, but the wormhole's important, you know what I mean? And, and the wormhole comes in a bit, a bit, almost at like the midpoint of the of the pilot, which... You know, to I think you do need the wormhole in there also because it is, you know, if you look at the poster, it's D Space Nine, and then you see in the back a giant fucking wormhole. So the wormhole is like an extremely important part of the show. Right. Yeah. So that's my log line, long ish, but I think it works. And again, those are the things that when you're if you're writing pilots, you're writing stories, you're writing shows, you don't have a script yet, but you know what the what the show is about. You need right. to be able to boil it down those one or two sentences to be able to share with people and then get to know it really right. well and, and then constantly be editing that. So ultimately, right. um, you know, and wrapping this, this whole thing up, uh, this is the, the episode one podcast. We just finished episode one, but uh, we are going to continue on. I do, before we get out of here, I do want to ask you one recommendation for a show that you're watching that that's currently on or that you're just kind of like right into right now so it, it'd be preferable if you've you've watched the first episode or a pilot that you really liked um from this let's say the, the last couple of years um and uh -huh. then and then like which which one we're gonna do next i think we already know that well, I literally just watched before we got on uh, the Dear Lady episode of Reservation Dogs. And I do. And for me, I think Reservation Dogs is probably one of the best TV shows of the year. I think what they what they're doing in terms of um, storytelling, what they're doing in terms of like, right, like the way that they shoot the thing, the performances, I, I think it's a pretty exceptional. Um, and I did not know much about the American Indian boarding schools. And so like. To have that be my introduction to it is has caused me on a uh, a bit of a going down you know a bit of the rabbit hole and kind of reading up on some truly horrific things that have happened in our history. So for me, it's Reservation Dogs and specifically the Dear Lady episode, which I think is episode three of season three. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Mine is Justified City Primeval. I was a Justified <laughs> fan when it came out. Oh, also one of my professors, rest in peace, um, rest in peace, Peter Werner. He was a frequent director of the original Justified show, 
So yes. RIP to him. He just passed um, a couple months ago. Great professor. Anyway, uh, Justified Primeval came back. It's a reboot. You know, Raylan Givens is back in the hat as doing his U.S. Marshal thing. And it is mm-hmm. actually awesome. Anjanou Ellis plays uh, a character in there. Uh, I can't remember the other, the the bad guy, but the, the villain is incredible. It's It's just a really great, it's a really great show. So I'm nice. really enjoying that. Um, me and my wife both are watching it. I'm glad I got her. I love it when I can get her into some shit that I'm really deep into. <laughs> yeah, so that's my uh, recommendation and nice. the uh, the show that I'm really into right now. So, um, dope, dope, and then dope, with dope. that said, I think Elijah, you texted me not too long ago and was like, "Hey, let's do Reservation Dogs next." Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking of, so I guess our next episode will be Reservation Dogs. And we're going to, same thing like this, we're going to break down the pilot. Once again, we are not a recap show, so watch Reservation Dogs, the first pilot, to uh, to get everything out of what we're talking about. Because yeah. we are going to jump around. We are. We are <laughs> going to jump around like we did today. We had a bunch of segments. We're still figuring this thing out, but I think we had a great discussion. But yes, episode yeah. two of the episode one podcast will be Reservation Dogs, the pilot uh and we're really excited about it but thanks for listening i'm colin harden yeah. again i didn't give you my last name but there it is colin harden and hope- yep and i'm julian elijah martinez and you can follow me on socials at julian elijah martinez on instagram and on x at julian elijah yes you can find me on at colin the producer on instagram and on x newly branded x you can find me at at colin says things all right peace peace